Welcome to the WealthStream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to the WealthStream Podcast with Tim Skinnell. Today, we're going to be talking about multi-generational family meetings. Tim, how are you this morning? I'm doing good. Thank you very much. Great. Hey, can you just give us a, a, a just a quick glimpse back on our last podcast and how that kind of ties in with today's topic? Sure. Um, the last podcast, I talked about charitable giving, philanthropy really as a, a tool that families can use to educate, to pass their legacy on to the next generation, to the heirs, to prepare their heirs to receive the wealth that they're going to get or prepare their favorite charities to receive wealth. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in this podcast, I wanted to talk about another tool that helps families pass their legacy, prepare their heirs, and that's really family meetings uh, focused on communication, opening up communication among family members, and also establishing what we call a lifelong learning or education plan. Mm -hmm. So that's what I wanted to go over today. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. And you and I have talked about multi-generational family meetings a little bit in the past. And what I've experienced with other advisors that I've worked with over the years is that multi-generational family meetings can go really, really well, uh, but there's usually a lot of struggles within the family meetings just because there's a lot of emotion. Uh, there's You have different people with different attitudes and mindsets, whereas the patriarchs or and, and matriarchs, the, the head of the family, may really want to have this for those educational purposes and really passing on those values and thoughts and ideas you may have kids, children, or grandchildren that really don't want to face that issue of end of life kind of scenario. And that's really kind of what this points to is that we want to share this with you and talk to you about it before anything happens. Is that about right? Exactly. Because when you read articles about uh, transitioning wealth successfully or not successfully, Mm -hmm. you know, you'll hear a lot of old sayings like, you know, shirt sleeve to shirt sleeves in three generations. And really what that reflects is There's only about 20% to maybe one third of, for example, closely held companies that survive the third generation. And when they look at uh, the reasons why, a lot of times it's really the family dynamics. Mm -hmm. Um, That's even as important or more important than, you know, the technical estate plan you prepare. And so this tool really is one of the ways you could really help with those family dynamics. All right, Tim, I know we're always looking to have the end in mind really in any type of planning. So what is the ultimate goal of the multi-generational family meeting? At the end of the day, what are we wanting to accomplish with this? Okay. Well, the best way I can uh, explain the ultimate goal is use a picture that you might have seen. Um, I know pictures on uh, podcasts probably don't work that well. but Not as well, but that's okay. We can imagine it. (laughs) You've probably seen a picture of an iceberg, right? Yeah. So you you see the top of the iceberg, but when some photos or some pictures will show what happens underneath it, Mm -hmm. and generally there's 10, 12, 20 times more ice under the water than above. And I think that the family meetings, the primary goal is to draw out some of what's going on, the dynamics within the family. Because when we we define wealth for our clients. We use the traditional information like assets, liabilities, income expense, but we also factor in things like 
the family name, you know, the family legacy, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the intangibles. And so when we, the way we could measure successful wealth transfer, and one of the reasons why family meetings are uh, help with this process is successful wealth transfer for us is really a, you're transferring your wealth in a way that fosters the next generation, fosters the, their individuality, helps them grow and expand as people rather than just dump a lot of cash in their lap. Mm-hmm. The other reason why we like to use family meetings or recommend them is that we're typically addressing a lot of the the problems that occur in these transfers. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we have, for example, is uh, we run our clients or we offer our clients an assessment, you know, where we go through this 10-point checklist and we talk about what are the risks, what are the the problems you might encounter, and then as a result, why do you want to have a meeting like this? Because oftentimes, when we just bring up the word family meeting, I think people initially think, well, I don't know how much I should really be communicating, how much I should be telling. If Mm -hmm. if they really know what's there, will it make them uh, lazy or will it make them not work as hard or things like that? So there's a lot of intangibles I think people come to the table with when we talk about communication and family meetings. Mm-hmm. So we go through kind of a checklist and assessment process first, just to see what they're doing, what they could be doing and talk to them about the benefits of that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and obviously you're talking to your clients and preparing them for this idea, right? This is an, an idea that you have for them. That's going to help them be more successful. So you're talking to your clients one-on-one. It's not like you're saying, okay, by the way, next week we need to have a multi-generational family meeting surprise, get everybody together. You're really preparing them. So how do you start that process to prepare your clients uh, and introduce this idea to them? So the first steps we have with clients are we walk them through a, we call it a, uh, wealth conversation checklist. And okay. it's really just a series of questions we'll ask to try and draw out information because every client's very different. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in some instances, clients maybe are working directly with some of the kids, but not the others. Some may have been retired uh, and not actively in their business or not so active in the management of their wealth. Uh, so everyone's different. And we use a series of questions to kind of draw out those differences so that ultimately we can walk them down a path where they're creating a family meeting that's very customized. And I say that because I think people also initially look at a family meeting almost like you would look at a corporate meeting or a mm-hmm. business meeting where you have a formal agenda and you know everybody shows up to the boardroom. But it doesn't have to be a formal meeting like that. There's There's all kinds of different variations depending on how active the family is together, mm-hmm. uh, how formal they are. Uh, how often they get together, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Every, everybody's different. And so having this conversation with them to really flush out what their desire is and hope for this meeting, I bet brings out all pretty much all the information you need to make a great day out of it or however long it takes. I mean, I know they can be different depending on the size of the family, uh, but it's nice that you're tailoring it to each each couple or each person. Yeah, so for example, I'll ask a, a you know client in my office, how do you explain the history of the money to your family? Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of opportunities do you look for or do you at all? Because things like that, conversations like that, where you relay the history, relay the legacy, it really provides meaning for the money and more respect for the money. And oftentimes in my my um, my experience, you maybe get somebody in the first or second generation who has created the wealth and maybe they're talking to their grandkids who are two generations you know, removed, 
and they really have no understanding or appreciation for how the money was generated. So oftentimes mm-hmm. that question, you know, that'll take a, a half hour to an hour just listening and taking notes and kind of seeing what, what they have done and what they should be doing. And there's always the possibility of rose-colored glasses uh, in these, not just the meetings, but just in the conversations throughout the years of how grandpa built the business. A lot of times it's all about the success that they found and, and how they did it and how they earned the money and how they built the business. But so rarely the the concerns or the failures aren't necessarily passed on in those stories because they, they're just telling the good highlights, not that they're trying to avoid the other things, but I think that it's so important for, especially for the grandkids to hear the struggles that great grandpa or grandma or great, you know, just regular grandma and grandpa, what they went through to build this business. And and maybe they had to start over once or twice, or maybe they had, you know, they messed up some of their taxes at one point. And so it took them a couple of years to rebound from that. And the lessons they learned from that, that's not necessarily always part of the conversation, but that in my opinion, should be part of this process so they understand that it wasn't just, hey, I started a business, I'm super successful, and now I want to help you guys. Right. You know, and one of my favorite examples are, and favorite clients who have used some of these techniques, and they don't use formal family meetings, but in effect, they have them. It's a close family that gets together at least during Christmas or Thanksgiving mm-hmm. or other holidays. And the grandfather and grandmother in particular have been proactive in sharing their history when they came to the United States, how they built the business and during those events. And at one point, uh, one of the grandkids said, you know, Grandpa, you should really write this stuff down. Exactly. At some point, it's, you know, it's going to be lost if you don't. He literally worked for a couple years with all of his notes, photos. He got a um, like a ghostwriter and he wrote a book and you know, these are the days where you can self-publish. So he yeah. didn't go to Amazon. He printed 25, 30 copies for his immediate family. And I was fortunate enough to get a copy. And it's just an amazing legacy mm-hmm. and amazing history that wouldn't have happened if they weren't having those conversations. It's really all about the conversations yeah. and, and make creating the opportunities to have them. Great. Can you give us a snapshot of how it works? Yeah. So I'll give you a couple of different examples. Uh, in the most formal examples that we, that some of our clients use, they'll actually schedule a time where the grandparents or the parents, they book a place to go, it's, you know, some sort of family vacation. Mm-hmm. And of course, as I know with five kids and now a couple of grandkids, they're always more than happy to come when you pay for it, right? So <laughs> yeah. if you organize the event and it's attractive and fun, they'll show. And what they do is they, they block out either a morning or an afternoon And for example, one of the informal agendas is, you know, one of the mornings they had breakfast in a separate room at the hotel, at the resort Mm -hmm. at 8.30, they ate, they just kind of talked about changes that happened, you know, over the past year in terms of like grandchildren, jobs, things like that, Mm -hmm. just to kind of get acclimated. And then um, an advisor, the team, I was part of it, came in and just gave a family financial status. Mm -hmm. And I just want to take a break when I talk about that because oftentimes people will say, I want to share nothing or I want to share everything. And I just want to stress that in the world of Google and the internet, there's a lot of information out Mm -hmm. there and your children, grandchildren, if you're not telling them, they can find out information. It's typically going to be wrong, right? They're going to either overstate or understate or 
you know, guess where the wealth is and et cetera. It's just much better to get that information from you, especially when you give them the history and the values and the legacy with it. Absolutely. So after the financial kind of overview, it's not really technical, more in depth about maybe the structure of the the estate and different trusts and the, the financial picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, then what I like is uh, families that really focus on putting together a family mission statement at these events. Mm-hmm. And again, this is a this was an example of a formal one, but I also have a, a client who just s- sent out kind of the, the parents' version of the mission statement about two months in advance of a Thanksgiving holiday they had scheduled and said, look, everyone, I want you to all to send me your version too. And then when they got together, they shared it and they edited it and they came up with one basically mission statement. Mm, that's great. Yeah. And then you schedule, let's just maybe breakfast or, you know, morning, and then you just have events in the afternoon. And then what I really think is a key part in the long run of any of these events is to create what I call a lifelong learning or education at least a discussion or a plan. Some families I work with even formalize it with a fund, you know, where they set mm-hmm. aside money and, you know, these are the things that you can do with this money to further your education, further your knowledge. It doesn't have to be university. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. But the key is the family c- creates this plan and communicates it. And then everyone in the family hopefully contributes to the plan and gets more buy-in. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a really beautiful agenda you know, to, to put all these things together. What happens after that? What happens after that is up to the family. But I do think this is where we really add value in the sense that I've had a number of clients tell us that uh, we're polite pushers, you know, <laughs> we're, we, we prod yeah. them. And because oftentimes, as you know, you have an event like this, there's a lot of great sharing. Um, there's a, there's a lot of information and if you're not, if you don't have a process or at least a follow-up process, all this data could just go away and not really mm-hmm. go anywhere. We really do help. Once the family agrees to do something like this, we also have formal processes of like, okay, at the meeting, you know, you need to establish tasks, I guess you would call them, and, you know, who's going to do what. Um, you need to help identify timeframes when you're going to get that information back. For example, in the education plan or the philanthropy plan, you know, when are we going to set up the donor advice fund or are we going to establish guidelines for Mm -hmm. what education qualifies? So it's really establishing guidelines just as you would in business, but a little less formal, but, but we help with the process and the follow-up. Let me ask you a question to this. This goes back to part of the main part of the family meeting, but also definitely as, as part of the follow-up as well. How do you help your clients answer the questions that you kind of know from through your experience, some of the questions that might come up. So in other words, if I just don't know how to answer when my granddaughter says, will there be, you know, money for my kids to go to school or, you know, are we planning for, you know, other things? Do you, I mean, what about adoption? What if I adopt children? It's some kind of random questions that could be out there. How do you help them to navigate those and, and take those questions in a, in a heartfelt way and seriously and be able to answer them without being kind of caught off guard? It's funny you ask. We actually have a list we call the tough questions list. Oh, yo, there you go. <laughs> and it's it's a uh, I'm trying to think. It's about six pages. There's it's a long list. Mm-hmm. And over time, uh, not just from questions our clients have asked, but just through research and mm-hmm. checking out the industry and networking with other advisors, we we try to have a comprehensive list. And well before 
anyone even decides to have a family meeting, whether it's formal or informal, we do help them walk through that list. We'll spend one meeting doing it. And the reason is they may come up with questions that they don't want to answer. Exactly. And and better that they understand that, address that up front so that they're prepared and not caught off guard. Mm-hmm. Because the, the very first family meeting I did was, I'm dating myself, but in the 80s, it didn't go well. And I think part of it was I really didn't have the processes in place and I didn't prepare the clients as well as I should have for questions. You know, you brought mm-hmm. it up specifically about adoption. It ended up creating a... Um, a problem for a while among family dynamics because I really didn't help them anticipate that. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's a really good question. Yeah. I, I, I can just see a meeting going off the rails if the parents aren't ready, you know, just to have some of those kind of outer questions or an answer for questions that they don't want to answer. Like just a, a hard stop kind of saying, you know what, that's something that we're not going to cover in this family meeting, but it's definitely something we can look at addressing in a future family meeting. And then this, this kind of defer to something else or to move to something else to pivot, if you will. Uh, and having that skill and ability, you giving that skill to your clients, I think is an invaluable. So that, that's great. I'm glad to hear it. Is that something that we can get a copy of? Uh, definitely. We can add that resource to our website so that people can download it and, or just email me, call me, et cetera. Yeah. I think that's a good and, idea. And- and I think that especially when the client decides, and I really strongly recommend they decide to set up what we call a lifelong learning plan. Mm-hmm. When we talk to younger parents, they talk about college. We do education needs analysis. Uh, we do, you know, do they go to private school, public school, high school, middle school, c- college. When you're the grandparents or the patriarchs thinking about long term, do you want to set up funds for anything or do you have specific ideas about what qualifies Mm -hmm. and fairness becomes a real big issue, right? So not everybody has the same need. So equality is often different from fairness, Mm -hmm. but we try to help the the parents, the grandparents walk through those processes or those, that thought process. So when they ultimately decide what they will and won't fund, there's no, there's no ambiguity and it's fair. Let me just kind of break it down from what I'm hearing. Let's say one child wants to go to a four-year university and that's going to be $20,000 a year. So there's 80 grand just doing the quick math. And then you have another grandchild that is not, does not want to go to university and it has always loved maybe mechanics and he wants to do a trade or she wants to do a trade. And so they become a mechanic and there's some technical school that they're going to go to and it's only $10,000 to complete that. Then there's a fairness issue of somebody got 80,000, somebody got 10,000. Well, maybe they could put something in there if they're going to do a trade and they need tools. You know, a certain amount could be allotted to purchase them tools to help them in their career. So that'd be a little more fair compared to 80000 for school. Now we've got 10000 for technical school and maybe there's $30,000 in tools that the family helps purchase to get them started. Is that kind of what you're alluding to as far as just different paths that these grandchildren or children would go on? Exactly. You know, I actually have an example where one of the grandchildren went to Purdue. Purdue mm-hmm. room board tuition is roughly twenty-one thousand, whereas uh, another one wanted to go to Notre Dame, which is seventy. Oh, and <laughs> they have uh, <laughs> yeah. another grandchild from another sibling, so you know a different family. But you know they, you could, he wanted to go to trade school to become an electrician. Well, you actually get paid to do that. Mm. Uh, you know, you you make twenty-five, thirty thousand a year while you go through the apprenticeship. So. You're, you're not having to set aside funds. So the question becomes, well, how do you make that equal mm-hmm. uh, for the for the tradesman who is doing exactly what he loves and 
he'll be extremely successful at it. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of those things. And I I always tell clients, or I joke, but it's true, I'm a recovering accountant. (laughs) So I'd like to, at the very least, make sure that they're accounting for what's going on with each of the children, grandchildren, so that there's no ambiguity or just feelings of unfairness because Mm -hmm. impressions are more important than reality when it comes to money and when it comes to family. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Tim, you have talked about the lifelong learning plan and touched on that and some of the things that you do there or the desire for your clients to do there. Uh, is that something that we can flush out a little bit more on a, on a future podcast at some point? Yeah, that's something that really gets me pretty excited because I think that's the best way to pass legacy, uh, family legacy, family values, family history. And we have very formal processes that really start with establishing goals, identifying what the the family's goals are, what mm-hmm. behaviors they want to encourage. And I, I would love to get into more depth in that with into that process um, in the next podcast. Okay. Awesome. And then we'll let's let's mark it on the calendar and do that. What else do we have for today? Um, nothing. I'll just say that if you're looking for any information, we'll add some, a little bit of the resources we talked about today to the website. Mm-hmm. You can always contact me or anyone on my team. You know, we're trusted fiduciary advisors for our clients and their families. And we, you know, it's never too early to start your plan, start your transition. And we'd love to help. Fantastic. Thank you, Tim, so much for your time today. I love this topic and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more stories of very successful multi-generational family meetings from your clients. Great. Thank you. You bet. And thank you everyone out there for listening to The Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening today. For everyone at the WealthStream Podcast, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the WealthStream Podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC.